Today, on this Sunday, we come to the end of our missionary month, the month of October. It's traditionally in the church, the, the month for missions. And we have been following this series on the motives for mission. What are some of those reasons for evangelizing, for sharing our faith with others? And so as a recap a little bit, on the first Sunday, we spoke about the main and foremost, the most important reason for evangelizing, and that is because of the transformation that faith brings into the life of a person. When a person accepts through faith the work of grace that begins um, a, a new work in them, what we call a new life, a new situation, they have access to something that they didn't have access before. So it's very important to evangelize, to share the faith with others. On that second Sunday, if you remember, we spoke about the importance of how Jesus teaches us the art of living. We, we spoke about how when grace enters in contact with our own human nature, it doesn't suppress it, but on the contrary, it enhances it. Christianity makes us more, more human. We could say that Christianity is the greatest humanism that there is. Because Jesus comes to bring our humanity to the fullness. And he showed that first and foremost in his own person. And that's what he comes to share with each one of us. So we spoke about that on, the, on that second Sunday. And we see that in our current culture as so important. When, so, when there's a dehumanization in so many ways. How important and crucial it is that we share the gospel with others. On the third Sunday we spoke about... A very important reason that is the eternal consequences of this life. And so we spoke about the importance of bringing souls to heaven. That Jesus Christ, he tied our eternal salvation to faith and baptism. And how important that is. It's unavoidable. It's in the Gospels. So we want to bring as many people as possible to heaven. And how beautiful it would be if... When we are there on our first day in heaven, someone says to you, thank you, I'm here because of you. Because of a witness that you gave or a testimony or just sharing an invitation to something. And that started a journey in their own hearts. In the fourth place, the fourth reason or motive for a mission, it is that transformed people transform culture. And so we don't give up, even in these apostolic times, the ideal of a new Christendom, you could say, that Christianity would permeate our current culture again. But that happens by the transformation of particular people who are transformed in Christ, and then they begin to transform the culture around them in small pockets at first, and then continuing to grow until we permeate the whole culture for Christ. And today we speak about that fifth and last um, reason for or motive for mission and evangelization. That is, the benefits that the missionary gets himself. And of course, this is the fifth one, not the first one. It is the last one because it's the least important one. And it's not that we evangelize for these benefits that we get from the mission, but it's something that is very real. It is the experience of everyone who has gone on a mission a mission of evangelization, particularly to another place, or, you know, we organize these summer missions, we go to these remote places and share the gospel with people. 
And when we come back, the students, they always tell us, and many have gone to those missions, I thought I was coming to bring something, and I feel that I'm bringing with me more than I came to give. It's the, always the experience of any effort to evangelize and to go out of ourselves to bring the gospel to others, that we experience that the Holy Spirit ministers to you as you minister to others. John Paul II, he put in a beautiful uh, phrase. He said, faith is strengthened when it is shared. Faith is strengthened when it is shared. And it's so true that when we share our faith with others, we strengthen our own faith ourselves. And so that's what we are going to speak about on this last Sunday, on these missionary benefits that we'd like to share with you. And for that, we turn to the, sec the second reading, the first letter to the Corinthians from St. Paul. This is a very important letter that we just read. And it's a very important letter because there's a couple communities, Thess uh, Thessalonica and, and Philippi, the Thessalonians and the Philippians, who were very dear to St. Paul. These were, you know, to the, to, to the Corinthians, he, he reprimands them and corrects them many times. But to the Thessalonians and the Philippians, he has a very close relationship. And particularly with the Thessalonians because they had gone out to evangelize others as well. So everything that they had received from St. Paul, they went out to share as well with the Macedonians and those in Achaia. And so we read in that letter today at, at the beginning of the letter. And you, he's speaking to the Thessalonians, St. Paul, and you became imitators of us, St. Paul and Timothy, who went to that community, and of the Lord, so that you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. This is the principle of imitation that happens in the mission of Christ. So beautiful because you can see already generations of Christians. You can see a generational ministry, a relational ministry that is happening. Paul and Timothy went to the Thessalonians, and the Thessalonians in return, they went to Macedonia and Achaia to share the gospel. How many things we learn by imitation as we see in the gospel in, the, in that second reading today from the Thessalonians? So many things we learn by imitating others in our lives, generally speaking. We look at others, we look at good examples, and we imitate things. What we like from other people around us, family and friends. We begin to look alike with time because we tend to imitate uh, those, those good things. Uh, St. John Henry Newman, when thinking about uh, why did Jesus intended the good news of the gospel, the mission of salvation to happen in this relational way, he came up with, with what he called the principle of personal influence. That principle of personal influence. And he said, why did the Lord intend the gospel to be spread out by personal influence? by this principle of imitation that we just read in the letter. And he says mainly for two reasons. In the first place, because we all need inspiration in the truth. We understand the truth. We can see the truth of the gospel. But we need to be inspired by models of that truth, by people who live it out and who show us that it is possible to live that way. They become an inspiration to us. And so are the saints and all those around us who 
are good models of what it means to live in Christ. And in the second place, he says, they, know, they show us how to do it. They show us, they break it down into steps, into how to grow in holiness. Sometimes it could sound a little daunting to, to you know, try to be like Christ or put into practice everything. And so the, uh, the people around us can show us a good model, a good example for the steps that we can take. Maybe I am not a saint today, but I can do this or that that the other person does. So I can imitate this particular thing. And in that way, we continue to grow progressively in our faith and our relationship with Christ. Look at how St. John Henry Newman puts it in one of his sermons. He says, We shall find it difficult to estimate the moral power which a single individual trained to practice what he teaches, may acquire in his own circle in the course of years. The attraction exerted by unconscious holiness, he says, because we're not conscious of this, by unconscious holiness is of an urgent and irresistible nature. So a person who's living in holiness and striving for that becomes irresistible. It's an urgent call. To, to It attracts. It persuades the weak, the timid, the wavering, and the inquiring. It draws forth the affection and loyalty of all who are in a measure like-minded. Beautiful way of putting it by St. John Henry Newman, that this personal influence has an impact that it's very silent, very unseen, but very powerful at the same time. And it is because of this reason that the Lord intended the gospel to spread out through personal influence, that it has an impact in the missionary himself. We are not just blind instruments, but the Lord, by using us to bring the gospel to others, he continues his work in each one of us. And those are the benefits. So we continue to read the letter to the Thessalonians. And St. Paul, he tells the Thessalonians what the Macedonians had told him about them. So there's these three generations. St. Paul, the Thessalonians, and the Macedonians. And St. Paul goes to talk to the Macedonians. And the Macedonians say what they have seen in the Thessalonians. And St. Paul, he, he tells them about that. And so we hear in the reading that we just read. For they themselves, the Macedonians, openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to, wait, and to await his Son from heaven. Those are the three fruits, the three benefits that happen in the soul of those who give themselves to mission. So let us break them down very quickly to see what they mean for us today. In the first place, St. Paul says, you turn to God from idols. This is the healing power of mission. The healing power of mission. As we share the gospel with others, that has a healing power in us. It begins to take us away from all those idols and all those things that harm us, that are resistances to the gospel still abiding in us. And that happens when we share the gospel with others. The mission of Christ is not easy. And it challenges us. 
to come out of our shells, to live behind selfishness, obsessions, narcissistic ideas, indifference, fear, shame. It is not easy to be on mission territory. But that is exactly what begins to heal us, being exposed to that. It takes us away from all these different traps that we fall into. So the mission has a healing effect in us as we share the gospel with others. In the second place, St. Paul says, to serve the living and true God. This is the revealing power of mission, that we grow in understanding of the gospel as we continue to share the gospel with others. There are certain things in our faith, in our life, that we wouldn't understand unless we go out of ourselves to share the gospel with others. It is impossible to understand certain things, certain aspects of the revelation until we share the gospel with others. Because there are so many teachings that are about sharing the gospel with others. And so we cannot understand those until we, we actually do it. But also mission is what really checks out all the teachings of Christ. We can check them out in mission. When we go out and share the gospel with our people around us, then that is when we begin to understand because, for example, only when you share the gospel with someone who cannot repay you and you're not expecting anything back from them, that's the only time when you can truly understand the incarnation of Christ and what he meant when, when, when he became man, one of us, in a, without expecting anything back from us and just loving us. So there's like that. There's so many aspects that we would only understand as we put ourselves out on mission, and, the, and let the Holy Spirit minister to our own hearts. And in the third place, St. Paul says, to await his son from heaven. So they begin to live heaven-bound and in a continuous growth, developing. This is the developing power of mission. The Thessalonians begin to live in hope and to unfold in them all sorts of new gifts and talents that they didn't even know that they had. There's so many things that will only be awakened in ourselves when we begin to share the gospel with others, when we give ourselves to do the mission of Christ. Then there's talents that we didn't know that we had, that they come up, and there's new talents that spring up because of the need that is in front of us. And you can also see uh, this by the negative that when we don't, a community that doesn't evangelize begins to experience a lack of these three things. There begins to be a lack of unity and lack of healing and, and disunity in that community. You begin to see that there's errors, theological errors and intellectual errors in that community, and that there's a lack of, of talents and, and you know, passion for doing new things. A community remains healthy when it continually shares the gospel with others and invites others to come to Christ. So a couple takeaways that I think we can put into practice, especially as we finish our missionary month. The first one would be to reflect on your own experience of sharing the faith with others, whatever that might look like. 
when, when you share the gospel maybe with someone in your family, with your children even, for some of you or when, with a friend, when you invited someone to, to a, fr a friend to a retreat or to an alpha course, a time when we, you had a conversation with someone who had questions and you answer those questions or try to answer those questions. Reflect on those experiences of sharing the faith with others and think in what ways you have grown through them. What, what did the Lord do in your heart through those experiences? And you will see many of these benefits of the missionary. And the second one is to try to do this week a ministry of presence, of showing up, of discerning where do I need to be present? In what group of friends that they gather and I need to show up? In that family reunion, in my class, or wherever it might be. Only when we become present to people, this relational ministry can begin to happen. Sometimes we show up and nothing, no opportunity opens up. But sometimes you show up and opportunities do open up for conversations and for sharing the gospel. So that's the only way to really start sharing the gospel with others. So on this Sunday and as we finish our missionary month, let us ask the Lord to become imitators of, of Christ by imitating other people in this community who are good examples and models of what it means to, to follow Christ so that we may in return also become a model and an example to others and may experience all these benefits of sharing the gospel with others openly.